I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Dialogue can make or break a movie, but sometimes there will be a line of dialogue that transcends the movie itself. From Arnie to Gable, Forrest to Lemon, classic movie quotes vary from hilarious to ominous, but always memorable. Here's Neil, who frankly doesn't give a damn, with 10 movie quote facts. Thank you very much, Pav. So what I thought we'd do this week is have a look into movie quotes themselves. And the American Film Institute ran a poll to find the greatest movie quotes of all time. So at number 10, they had, you talking to me, taxi driver. drink your milkshake. (laughs) At number nine, fasten your seatbelts, it's going to be a bumpy night. All about Eve from 1950. There's no crying in baseball! At number eight, may the force be with you from Star Wars. Keep the change, you filthy animal. (laughs) Number seven, all right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Sunset Boulevard, 1950. Wax on, wax off. Number six, go ahead, make my day. From Sudden Impact, 1983. Go ahead. Make my day. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> Number five is looking at you, kid. Casablanca, 1942. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> at number four, Toto. I've got a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore from The Wizard of Oz, 1939. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. And number three, you don't understand. I had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what I am. On the waterfront, 1954. I thought Marlon Brando was here for a second then. I I really did. I am your father. Should we try it again, Marlon Brando? I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. The Godfather. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And that... Is number one. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. From Gone with the Wind, 1939. I'll be back. Oh, thank you. Uh, I can't believe that. That's. A, I think that's the second week we've done that where I've 
played the thing that you've t- spoken about. We're That's insane. freaky. Freaky, freaky, freaky. Talking of freaky. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our guest for tonight. <laughs> That's freaky in a good way. Well, yeah, I was going to say. Hopefully. It's freaky in a good way. It's Alice from Just Films and That. Hello, Alice. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on again. That was brilliant, that. I forgot about that little bit at the beginning. That was brilliant. That was that, so good. I tell you, I feel like we're sort of like, the force it runs oh, yeah, strong definitely. in our family where it was like that but I, you know dirty harry and all that stuff and i love your um marlon brando impersonation neil that was fantastic that was from his london years was it <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing movie quotes ladies and gentlemen boys and girls um alice mm-hmm. hello how are you hi i'm very well very well so excited to be here again i love it Good. I feel like I I feel like this one either is either gonna get loads of duplicates or gonna get none at all. Because I found doing my top ten that I didn't want to do the usual ones that everybody I was trying to find ones that mean something to me rather than ones that yeah uh, is that how you felt as well yeah that so i i did exactly the same so a lot of mine because I, I i kind of went through and went through some of it with my husband and he was like that's not a quote that's just a bit from the film that you like and i was like <laughs> but i've got to pick stuff that i've got an emotional like connection to i can't just pick things oh because they're popular or because they're familiar mm. or whatever so i've picked a lot of stuff that just when i hear it makes me feel something whether it's like you know makes me feel i don't know just like heightened emotions and and you know scared or whether it's hilarious or whether it's just like oh my god i'm feeling it in the bottom of my stomach sort of thing so that's what i've gone for i think most of them you will recognize some of them you'll just be like alice what the fuck <laughs> so <I'm not> <laughs> apologize in advance i reckon uh, i've got at least one duplicate in there though there's one i've picked that's pretty pretty popular you know what i've i've got the same i think i've got at least maybe two that neil may have mm-hmm. I, f- I feel so how did you Don't find you- uh compiling your top 10 neil well, I, I purposely didn't look at any facts or anything about movie quotes. I just wrote 10 that came to mind straight away. Mm-hmm. And that's how I thought I'd do it, because they're obviously one that are ingrained into my subconscious. And then looked at the facts and realised that some of them were popular ones, which obviously I would have known anyway. But, yeah, hopefully I've got some little curveballs in there, but some okay. popular ones. You I've got a feeling I know which one <laughs> we might duplicate on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I do think now, just to say that I think that when we say what our our entry is, we have to try and act it like it is in the movie. Oh, 100%. I'm so ready for that. We so have ready to for do that. that. I think yeah. it just, it's just one of those things. And I think even if we've got a duplicate, we both have to do it or we all mm-hmm. have to do it in that way. So, Neil, I know you've already shot your wad on your Marlon Brando impersonation. Well, I've got no more Marlon Brando. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to your Al Pacino and your Charlton Heston if they happen to be in your ah, top. Ooh, ah. <laughs> That'll do. That will do. Oh. That will do. Okay, so without further ado, Alice, <gasps> give us your number 10 movie quote. Okay, number 10. <clears throat> huh. Take car, go to mum's, kill Phil, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pipe and wait for all this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Nice. 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 I think that was one of the first ones that came to mind as well. I was like, oh yeah, I gotta pay that. It's just, it's funny. It's iconic. That film, the the whole trilogy of those films, just, oh, brilliant, brilliant. Mm. 
I think they put one from that. Well, I'll say it's Shaun of the Dead in case anybody's listening to it and just suddenly went, what the hell is that from? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Simon yeah. Pegg says it is Shaun of the Dead. One of them is um, I nearly put on my list because it's something I do say, but I won't repeat it. And I thought, no, I'll wipe it out. It's the, pretty much um, Nick Frost's opening line in the pub. <laughs> Which one's that? So do you mind if I drop the C-bomb? I don't mind. All right. No. If can I buy any of you cunts a drink? Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how you went to a room, right? But yeah. the other the other one, I think the thing that got me to thinking about Shaun of the Dead as well is because for some of these I was trying to think, oh, are there any that I actually use in everyday life and things that I actually say? And all the time I say, You've got red on you. I always yeah. say that if there's yeah. red on you got red on you, like whatever it might be if there's red. I don't know why it's just lodged in I there. I don't know. Don't you find that with a lot of things, whether it's TV or whether it's and mm. I the thing is, whenever I try and think one, think of one as an example, I can never think of one. But during a day I'll say something and I and I'll catch myself and it's become now part of the, like the lexicon of my language is like I'll say this and go, that's from a movie. And mm. I've been saying that for like ten years now. Yeah. And you don't realize. And do you expect other people to know straight away what you're talking about? Especially sometimes when I think I'm being really clever. Yeah. And I'll say something and go, and no My name's Pav, I actually know things. Yeah. <laughs> and then people are like looking at me as if, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah, I get that. Uh, but that's a great one to start with, Alice. Well done. Uh, right you. then, Neil, here we go. So my number 10 is a real classic one. And they obviously had a night last, well, as we record this last night, where they've announced that the next film will be in two or three years. It's Bond, James Bond. Now, is that is that uh, Marlon Brando doing James Bond there? <laughs> no, that was uh, Timothy Dalton when he'd had a bad throat and sucked on a lozenge. Um <laughs> But the names see, of those Bond girls, that. That, the names of those Bond girls have changed. One was called Lozenge, was it? Yeah, that's the one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> fruity, uh, fruity Lozenge, you're just going to God, That's a it. great Bond girl name. That is. That is. <laughs> Hello, but the, the reason I think lozenge. of that straight away, and it's pathetic, but always when, my, uh, when people ask me my name, I still go Neil. <laughs> like that and, well, and that's it I'm not, yeah I'm not I'm just going to say Neil but do you know what I mean I do the same thing okay okay yeah. so that's so it, it, any specific bond mm. well who delivers that Sean, who delivers that the Dr. best it's got to be Dr. Knows the original one isn't it when you first heard it with Sean Connery that's the one I'm going to say. Sorry, sorry. When you said it, Doctor Knows. It was Doctor like, Knows. It was you said Doctor Knows, and I just thought he meant. You know, Doctor Knows. That, that sequel to Doctor No. Doctor Knows. That's all yeah. Doctor No. I don't know why I'm all giggling tonight. <laughs> he's got the giggles. I know. He's gone. He's gone. Only at number ten. But yeah. yes, iconic, isn't it? It's, we we ban the a the i word around a lot, and it, it's. It is, isn't it? I mean, it is. Have they all said it? Have all the all the actors that play Bond said it? Good question. I, I reckon they, so. They must do, mustn't they? Yeah. They have. If they're not, then they're making a mistake. Not necessarily every movie, but every Bond must have said that at one point. There's a checklist of things that Bond has to do, doesn't he? He has yeah, to. Yeah, well, that's what I assume. A but... Martini. He has to drink. Has to. Uh, you know, fruity lozenge. He has to suck on <laughs> yeah. a fruity lozenge. He has to drive around in a fast car and kill people and say, my name's Bond. 
Basildon Bond. That's it. Russ Abbott. There you are. Little oh, throwback. God, Russ Abbott. Alice is far too young to know yeah, who Russ Abbott is. is. Yeah, can't say rings a bell. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. You don't want it to either. I just about know who James Bond is, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Okay, that's a good one. Right, I need to have a quick change for this one. Just bear with me a sec for my number 10. Oh. Right. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full <laughs> tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. There you go. Well, obviously Blues, Blues Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I was trying okay. to work out what the accent was. <laughs> that, was my, that was my Chicago. Was it Chicago. Some morning? Hey, boy, it's Chicago. <laughs> hey. All of our American listeners are now slowly turning off and oh, cancelling yeah. their Patreon yeah. subscriptions. <laughs> Oh dear, that's the best I can do. But yes, it has to be that one. That's another movie. I think a lot of these movies where I've got my um, quotes are all from very quotable movies. Yeah, mm. There's not just, I mean, I suppose every every movie has at least one quotable line. I mean, four fried chickens and a Coke is another one yeah. that always always gets me. That was very close to going in, into it. But, we're um, on a mission from God. We're on a mission from God. Another great one. But that's that's the one to me that is, I think we're going to say iconic quite a lot in this, uh, yeah, in this episode. Yeah, well, they are, aren't they, a lot of them, so... Yeah. I don't know if... Can you guys remember, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I think it was the PlayStation 3 or 4 had a game that you could... You had to get a green screen and put yourself into a movie. Can you remember that? And one no. of the scenes, one of the scenes, it never worked as a game. It was, it was a, I bought it, but it was terrible. It never worked. And one of the scenes was that actual scene. So if you could sit yourself down and you had your PlayStation Eye, whatever it was, the camera, yeah. and film yourself, the way it would work was that you would then be in the scene with the Blues Brothers, basically looking at them going like this. And it never worked because obviously the camera angles would change. You'd never get a good green screen, so it would always like bleed in with your your own background. I can't remember the. I think it was. I'll have to look. I can't remember what no, the name I've of the name of, of the thing was. Yeah, I mean I the thoughts I, there, isn't it, of being a good. It's game. a great idea, but yeah. the technology just wasn't there. Wow. Anyway, uh, Alice, your number nine, please. Number nine. Okay, this is probably my most like mainstream, probably most recognisable one. But yeah, number nine, it is. Are you not entertained? No. Nice. Again, another one that I, you, you just say, you say yeah. in everyday life when you do something stupid or you think you've done something funny or whatever. It's like, you're not entertained. But yeah, <laughs> brilliant. I really like that film. Um, it's just a great moment. It like, it gives me like goosebumps every time. Just just that moment. There's just something like so powerful and so raw about it. And I'm always like, I'm a little bit on the fence about Russell Crowe. Like I don't, always feel like super convinced by him and I don't love everything that he's in but in that and in that moment especially I just think he's brilliant mm. Mm. completely agree I think that's him at his absolute top of his game mm. I think yeah. you know he's just fantastic in that movie we went through that period didn't he from in the early 2000s he's just been in so many great movies um, it's from Gladiator sorry I realised I don't I keep right. forgetting you to say what the film is what if, what if someone hasn't seen Gladiator well, just, we oh, slapped him and sorry guys <laughs> Your, your impersonation was perfect. Everyone would yeah. know who it was. Nailed it. Nailed it. But That's yeah. Russ, that. Yeah, that yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think he's somebody now that is like, he's obviously he's had great success. Now he just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. He'll just no, do whatever, chilling, whatever, whatever yeah. movies he wants to do. I mean, he's, I think he's the best thing in um, Thor, Love and Thunder. 
Yeah, he's. Have you not watched it yet? No, but he's no. just so over the top. Let me put it that way. He's just so over the top. Well, he can be, can't he? I mean, but the, he can what was be. That film, the man was it. The man with the iron fist that he did. I ended up watching that, which is a martial arts movie, and he was in that. And he was right. hamming that up. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a great one. Okay, Neil, you're number nine, please. Right. So let's get tense. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say it's Die Hard, just in case people are like, oh, I thought that was from the Paddington movies. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and I know it's, I've, I've been saying it since I heard it in the movie. I know it's really cliched and people shouldn't, but I still do let the, the odd one come out, especially if I'm excited. <laughs> I normally say, it. Are you not entertained? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's normally silence. So yeah. But it's a great, it's a great line. And the fact that they tried to show Die Hard early before the watershed years ago and they put um Yippie Kaye Melon Farmer instead, <laughs> didn't they? Really? Did that really? Yeah, that's happen? what they overdubbed no it. Way. Just makes it even better. I mean Wow. Yeah, the and maggot farmer they used once, maggot all sorts farmer. of things. It's like That's Jesus. Funny. But it's a great line, isn't it? From probably one of the best action movies ever made. Yeah. Simple but really effective. Yeah. Similar with your James Bond one as well. Like you like they're really, you know, they're just to the point, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. No mistaking. Mm. Yeah, you know exactly yeah. what it's from. And I think well, I've got I've got one a little bit later on in my top ten where what, like you said, Alice, they're, they're succinct and to the point. And I think if if a normal person wrote them, it would be like five or six lines of dialogue between two people. Whereas these writers know how to do it in like one line or yeah. a quick line from me and a quick line from you. And you've said everything you need to say. Yeah. That mere mortals would just take paragraphs and paragraphs of writing and, and well, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah. I'll go, What's going on then? It, it, it hasn't, yeah. Just those little points, boom, succinct and iconic. Mm. Yeah. Real skill to that, to try and convey like all that meaning in such a short space of time. And I think Yippie Kaye motherfucker really, it does do that because the Yippie Kaye is so silly and daft and like almost playful. And then the motherfucker is just kind of like, nah, man, I'm fucking John McClane. You know me, bitch. <laughs> exactly. sort of thing, isn't it? But it's, it's, it links in, isn't it? If you listen to the conversation he's having with over the, over the uh, walkie talkies, it, it is because they, he thinks he's a Cary Grant, you know, Roy Rogers, isn't it? Roy Rogers, isn't yeah. it? Roy yeah. Roy Rogers. Yeah. And, but yeah, uh, and then the thing is, they even watered it down in the Die Hard movies as they went on, didn't they? I, I think the last they? in number well, four the... and number five, he never actually said "Yippee Kaye, motherfucker." He got, he got like as he was cut about out, to yeah. say it, they they cut, and it's like, why? Mm. Just let because that... they made it twelve. Mm. Oh, yeah. come on, man! Yeah, it became, an eighteen movie. It was supposed um, to be the John McClane version of Bond, James Bond, wasn't it? Is yeah. that's like his calling card? Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. Good one, Neil. Good one. Very good. Uh, my number nine is, uh, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. That's my number eight. Yay! I knew oh, that. <laughs> what is that from? Sorry, I don't know. That's Doctor Strange Love. Oh, okay. It's Doctor Strange. Love, <laughs> Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange Love. You know Doctor Strange. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, see it, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen it. Yeah, yeah. it's Doctor Strange Love. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's, it's uh, Path.
It's a great line. It's a great it's line. Such a funny. And the fact that yeah, it's just the, the the whole meaning towards it is just so funny. It's a great movie though. Great movie for again full of great lines. Indeed. But, yeah. Indeed, and I think well, like it's one of Peter Sellers' like greatest performances in like what two or three is it three two or three roles he has in that movie. Three, isn't it? Three, I think, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and. Stanley Kubrick doing a sort of like a, a black comedy is uh... a black comedy that is proper, probably the funniest black comedy I think I've ever seen because it's pure laugh out loud, loud, isn't it? Uh, it is, it is, but it's also yeah. unsettling as well. Oh, in, yeah, that, in that unrelevant Kubrick, again, that Kubrick kind of way, <laughs> unrelevant, unrelevant. Yeah, yeah. It's, Have you ever I, seen this one, Alice? I haven't, but I've, it's it's on my list of things that I need to watch because I do I do like stuff that is. Like about about war. I like war films, but then I also kind of like you know anything that's to do with like the threat of war and stuff, and you know nuclear weapons and all that is all very interesting. Um, but you no, must I've be no idea. Off your tits at the moment in real life, then. Oh yeah, I'm loving it. I'm just like watching it all. Like oh yeah, here we go. It's happening. It's happening. Um, but they're doing what they're doing. Um, Killian Murphy's going to be in it. Oh, one about about the guy who invented the atom bomb. Or the nuclear bomb. Oh yes, there's the, it's the oh. um oh, God, oh what is it going to be called? I can't remember. What's the guy's name? Oh yes. yeah, that's a oh, no. Christopher Nolan. It's Christopher movie, Nolan isn't movie. It? Yeah. yeah. Um, but what's what's the name of the guy who invented uh, the who invented the bomb? It's like remember. so iconic and famous. I can't think Mr. of what it's called. Mr. Atom. <laughs> it is. is that right? I'll know it when you say it. It is. Tenant. Oh no, that's what. No, no that's what. Because <laughs> David Tennant. That's what it is. David Oppenheimer. Tennant. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. That's it. That's it. So is is that character in Doctor Strange Love? Is it like Ooh, is the question. character of Oppen? Like is is the is he in it or is it not about that? Have I just completely I misunderstood what the film's about? So I thought the film was based on him and like a take on his life sort of thing. And what well, he did. there's a few of them. There's like the general who's. Um, who's based on the, from the well, anniversary today of recording, the Cuban Missile Crisis 60 mm. years ago, wasn't it? And there was one of the generals which kept saying to um, Kennedy um, at the time, um, we must go to war with them over this. We must <laughs> respond straight away with bombs. And he, Kennedy was like, no, we're not going to, but... And he's based on there. I'm not sure about that. No, it doesn't look like it. I think they're all made up uh, names. I've, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm misremembering so things, might, I think, yeah, but been, I should watch that film. Yeah, they're, they're sort of parodies of people that were really around, apparently. Mm-hmm. General mm-hmm. Buck Turgidson. I mean, someone with Turgid on, in his name is uh, uh, General Jack D. Ripper. Is one of Ooh, the good. Names. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, is it George C. Scott, isn't it? George C. Scott plays Turgidson, yeah. Yeah, he's the one. He's a real warmonger and he's very good in the role. Mm. And then he went on to do Patton, didn't he? There you go. He did. There you go then. Okay, so that's our first... Um, crossover. Crossover, yeah, our first duplicate. So, Alice, your number eight then, please. Number eight is... Hi, I'm looking for Ray Finkel and a clean pair of shorts. That's, uh, that's Ace Ventura from the film Ace Ventura. In case you didn't know, yeah, starring I Jim Carrey. Know, <laughs> I know the movie. Pam's favourite. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan Do of you Ace ha- Oh, you're not, oh, you not a fan of Ace Ventura? I'm oh, not, we, no. we walked out of the cinema, myself and my wife. 
No way, really? It was that bad? At oh, what moment? What did it? What did it uh, for I think, you? I think we we lasted half an hour. I think. I think. Oh, it was man. just the the constant gurning and all righty then and all that oh, stuff. No, it's, 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 we oh, just that's thought. So I, funny. I, I, we just thought we cannot. And we weren't the only uh, ones that left the cinema. In the, wow. Yeah, we weren't the only ones. But then it's weird how there are so many people that absolutely love that movie. Well, I reckon, because obviously I see it when I was a kid. So that's like, it's doing a lot of the heavy lifting then. And then obviously when I watch it, like it's still that nostalgia trip. But I wonder, I mean, if you're saying with your wife, you were already married, maybe you were a bit too old to enjoy it. Possibly. In the cinema, maybe you're not the desired desired audience. Maybe it is a bit more for a younger audience. Interesting. Although some well, of the subject matter is pretty mature. I'm only yeah. a couple of years younger than Pam, and I enjoyed it. Still yeah, a couple of years know. younger there. Yeah. And yeah. But I don't know because I like <laughs> I like stupid comedy. I like yeah. that kind of you know it's sort of gutter humour and Dumb and Dumber. I think is great. And I, yeah, I think brilliant. I think the thing is is like with I've said it before with Jim Carrey. I think if if he's got a reason to act like that. Like in Dumb and Dumber, he's supposed to be a like a, a dumb person, so he he can act like that and get sort of. I got no problem with that, but the fact that the way he sort of walked into a room and just stood there and gurned, I thought he's got no fucking reason to do that. Why are you doing that? You're a grown man for God's oh, sake. Oh no! And I just oh. we just never got it, and we've never and like no. I, I haven't even watched like when Nature Calls. I've seen clips, obviously seen sort of clips of it, but yeah, it's just something that never, never got to me really. So Interesting. What, again, what was the, what was the, the quote? Hi, I'm Mr. Hi, yeah. I'm looking for Ray Finkel uh, and a clean pair of shorts. So <laughs> he's, he's the pet detective, right? So he, he's going, he's going about doing his detectiving and he basically, it brings him to this house. It's kind of like this sort of shack out in the middle of nowhere knocks on the door he's looking for ray finkel so he goes hi i'm looking for ray finkel and then whoever's on the other side of the door puts a shotgun through like this little like uh, the little hole in the door and sticks it in his face and then that's when he goes at a clean pair of shorts right he's just pooped himself out of fear because he's just had a gun stuck in his face that's that's what that's about see you so, explaining you know, that you was this. a lot funnier if you'd stayed pam if you'd stayed to watch the film all the way through you'd have seen it because it's about it's quite near the end that bit but yeah if you I, can not- Go back and watch it, Pav. Go on. Like, which, is the, which is the one that's got the dolphin in it? Is that the first that's one? The that's the first, first one. one. Yeah, right. that's so the first one. I think when it came out on video or it was on Sky or whatever it was, we did watch it. And I have watched it all the way through because isn't... Oh, you have, yeah. What's her name from Friends? Courtney Cox is in it, yeah. yeah. She's in it and Dan Marino is in it. He used to be with the dolphins. So I have seen it up to the end. I have seen it. It just... I, it, I still... You know, it was the fact that we paid money to go and see it, I think. Yeah. I can't believe you walked out, man, as well. Like, yeah. that takes a lot to walk out the cinema. I, I, know, I know. Crazy. There's not many movies I've done. I think that's the only one that we've actually yeah. walked out. Wow. In the middle of it. But anyway. There we go. I'm so sorry I brought it up. No, no, no. That's fine. <laughs> There's no more. Oh, I definitely fine. don't have another seven <laughs> okay. Ace Ventura quotes in this list. <laughs> uh, okay, Neil, your number eight was Dr. Strange Love. Yeah, it was. Doctor Strange Love. Doctor Strange Love. My number eight is Avengers Assemble. What's that from? It's from uh, <laughs> The Lion King. Ah. A little indie flick. <laughs> a little <laughs> indie flick. I think uh, we've spoken, I've spoken about this movie so many times, uh, Avengers Endgame, but at that moment was the culmination of 10 years and however many movies it was, 22 movies that was absolutely perfect. And it was one of those moments, there are a few moments in my cinema going life that I wish 
I was in, was in a, an American screening of that mm-hmm. movie. Because yeah. I've watched some of the YouTube reactions where they've someone sneaked a camera in and they've got the audio mm. of mo- that moment. And my God, it would have been just... I mean, I was in bits watching it two or three times I went to the cinema anyway watching it, but... Really? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh. It's just... I think it's like... And I've said that actual scene where everyone's coming through the portals is, apart from Star Wars, is the most emotional i've got in, uh, in the cinema that, mm. that i think it's because you the whole point of marvel got it right and dc got it wrong that you're invested in the characters and you care about the characters and some of these characters you thought are gone have come back and you know captain america was there on his own and he was on his ass and he knew he was going to die and then cap on your left and oh my god and then just to oh it's just fantastic it's a great way great way and then Obviously, after that, after, everything after that, spoilers. I will say there may be spoilers as well. I'm probably a bit late. Oh, yeah. Talk about that, films. Yeah, yes, there may indeed. be spoilers, but, hey. but yeah, it's all good. It's all good. So, yeah, apologies. We haven't spoiled anything yet, I don't think. But I don't. Anyway. There's still uh, time. There's still time, yes. <laughs> Alice, you're number seven, please. Number seven. <clears throat> Here we go. Don't you know that a man being rich is like a girl being pretty? You wouldn't marry a girl just because she's pretty, but my goodness, doesn't it help? So that is Marilyn Monroe in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Oh. Uh, her character is called Lorelai. And this was one that we did on the podcast because we do the classic films every now and then. And I picked Gentlemen Prefer Blondes because like, I'd kind of heard a lot about it, but I hadn't seen it. And I hadn't really seen much Marilyn Monroe films either. Um, and I watched it and it was just so much better than I expected it to be. And it had some really interesting messages. I thought she was brilliant in it. Jane Russell was brilliant in it. And she had a few good quotes actually throughout the film. But then that one, I just really like that one because it is just kind of like, because her whole thing and her whole character is, she just wants that security. Like she's just desperate for security in her life. So she wants to marry a man who, yeah, who she likes and who is nice to her, but who's also got a load of money, right? Mm. So that she knows she's going to be looked after forever. And it's kind of like just a bit of an observation of the double standard. It's like, well, yeah, men a lot of the time want to marry someone that they're attracted to. That's just, that's just how it is. So she just wants to marry someone who can give her that security and who's got the money. Yeah. I just thought it was pretty good. And I always put Marilyn Monroe in there as well because she herself is iconic. I know we were going to use that word a lot, but she is, isn't she? Absolutely. And I think the more Marilyn Monroe movies you watch, I mean, there's not a lot of them, granted, but I think she's she's a bit like, I think like Elvis in the fact that her photograph has always been there but when you see them moving around doing what they're supposed to be doing it's almost a little bit like um experiencing them for the first time and i love some like it hot that's one of my Mm. favorite movies of of all time Mm. and she is amazing in it she looks amazing she's funny but then when you hear about all of the you know the backstage stuff that she was a pain in the ass to work with it's one of those people that you think i wonder what she'd have been like if she'd have you know, carried on living, yeah. if you like, the kind of movies she would have done if she'd have made any movies after that. Okay, you know, no. what sort of stuff she would have done. Has anybody seen that? Um, Blonde? Blondes, yeah. I was going to ask the same question. The I haven't movie. seen it's it. Been it's been slated. It's been slated. I've read, because a lot of the, I think people were hoping that the whole point was that it was going to show like the the real her as much as you can, obviously, try, you know, writing about someone who died some time ago. Yeah, yeah. But that it was going to showcase 
the real like Norma Jean, so not the Marilyn Monroe character. But apparently it is just it's just her being a character all the time. Because obviously that's not her voice. That's not really how she looks. She is being a character. Marilyn Monroe is a mm. character. Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of people were just disappointed that, oh, it's just it's just more of that. Like we're not seeing what she was like an authentic version of her. She's still doing the fake voice and doing all this. But I am going to watch it because I'm in, you know, I'm just interested to see as well what people's criticisms were, if they're accurate, if they're justified sort of thing. And I just want to see a bit more about Marilyn as well. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll probably watch it. At some I would stage. like to watch it. I, I, don't, mm. I, I don't know about you. Whenever I watch a, and here's another question. Is it biopic? Would you say it's a biopic? I or say bi- biopic. Biopic with a an O instead of an O. But I'm sure both are fine because people talk different paths and that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love. All right, love. Yeah, how do you Dr. say it? Strange, is it a, love. Is it I, I always said biopic, but... Yeah, because Mel, who we've had on the podcast, uh, I was talking to her about it and she said biopic and I'd never heard of that before. Oh, really? You haven't even no. heard it? Yeah, I say biopic, yeah. yeah. But I always do, whatever do, if I ever watch a biopic, biopic now, I always go onto IMDb and try and find out what was true and mm-hmm. what they've just added yeah, on, right. like, yeah. you know, you know, Hollywood fight it, you know, because you get sort of invested in some of these things and you think, oh, I can't believe that happened. And then you find out that actually it's three or four instances that they've all sort of amalgamated together to make the narrative better or whatever. And you think, That's why? It. There's no need to do that. I want to see it all warts and all. If you do want to see uh, Marilyn Monroe acting and that has proven that she's a good actress, watch The Misfits. It's really okay, nice. Yeah. It is very I'll put good. that on my list. Yeah. Because yeah. I think Seven she's great. Itch. I think she I think she is really good. Yeah. And she just I think a lot of people have just got an idea of what she is and, yeah. and you know she got sort of typecast a little bit. But no, okay. So the misfits, that's certainly a little bit different, is it? Yeah, it's a well, it's a western. It's not yeah, kind of okay, cool. Do you love a western? Yeah. That was her last movie, wasn't it? I think it was. Both of their last movies. Uh go on the nil, you're number seven. Um so you gotta ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Which was from Dirty Harry, not Sudden Impact, which everybody quotes, but it's the original. I'm a, I'm a fan of Dirty Harry. I like the original flares and all and dodgy direction, but obviously it's, it's a good narrative. Uh, it's a good story. Um, and it's a really good script if you read it. The fact that Frank Sinatra was originally going to play him just still baffles me when I watch it. Really baffles me. But are you are you both a fan of Dirty Harry movies? Yeah, I, I, like I know, they, I know they got weaker as they went on. But yeah, yeah, they were classed as very hard hitting. Well, they were. I mean, for his time, it's quite brutal, Dirty Harry, isn't it? I mean, the way he takes out that robber, you know, for its time. Well, for its time, I suppose. I you know, suppose. we're not. We're, it's no. It's no Game of Thrones sort of brutality. <laughs> but no, then that it would never true. have got released if it was wasn't it that so, is true that is true yeah but yeah it was i just think they're great i watched dirty harry again this is why i put it in only literally the week before last one evening it was on i think it was on five star or something stupid but i ended up watching it and i really really enjoyed it forgotten how much i enjoyed it it's on five star yeah do you remember them was it rain or shine it was <laughs> five star is a a channel miles down on your remote that I mm-hmm. didn't even hear or didn't even know of, but it's there. And uh, I've looked back to see if there's any other good movies, and they're all just shite. Oh right, on okay. there. but <laughs> they put Dirty Harry on. And I was like, wow, okay, I'll watch that. Okay, all right yeah. then. Uh, do you feel lucky, punk? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? 
all right, calm down. <laughs> Everybody misquotes it, don't they? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, my number seven is another one that culminates the movie at the end. Dad, you want to have a catch? No. Oh, Field of dreams. Yeah. Field of dreams. Oh. Just makes you want to cry when you hear it, doesn't it? There's nothing. There's. It's a perfect movie for me, Field of Dreams. It's, it's a movie just... I need to watch again. It's been a while. It's been a while just to see how it holds up. Because obviously, what was it? Late 80s, wasn't it? Well, 89, I think it was. 80, yeah. 80, it was 90, Kevin Costner when he was right in his like sweet mm. spot of like being. Well, he was just becoming a. Absolutely, Paul star. Durham around the same sort of time, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah. Movies. He did like two baseball movies back to back. Um, but if anybody wants a good cry, um, that's the movie. Yeah. That's the movie to watch. It is just fantastic. Alice, have you watched Field of Dreams? I haven't seen it. I'm just right. I'm writing it down now. I'm putting these on my. I'm going to make a list as we go because again, it's it's one like I've heard so much about it and people talk about it in such high regard and that. So when he says. Do you want to catch dad? Is his dad dead? Is it a ghost? Is, are we are we going to spoil it for you? Oh, well, I kind of gathered yeah. that anyway yeah. from like the little... So basically, yeah. so basically he, he digs up his, his cornfield and all of a sudden these, all this whole team from the... The Boston Red Sox. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. So which, yeah whichever it team it was, the Charlie Sheen was in a movie called Eleven Nine Men Out. Was it called or Eight Men Out or something? Nine Men Out. Yeah. Nine Men Out. All about the Boston Red Sox, where they had to win a certain amount of games, and their owner was going to give them a load of money. So then they something happened in regards. They threw a game or something, and they all got kicked out of baseball. So these are the players that come back as ghosts on. Kevin Costner, because he gets these vo- voices. Saying, not Charlie Sheen, mind you. Not Charlie Alice. Sheen, no. no Ray, Liotta, Ray Liotta, actually, doesn't yeah. he? Ray Liotta. Um, he gets the the voice saying, if you build it, he will they come. They will come, right. So I know that thinks, quote as well, yeah. yeah. He thinks it's about um, Shooters Joe Jackson, who was somebody that his dad was thought was like the greatest baseball player ever and then didn't like him because he thought he was a, a, a crook. He was a cheat and a thief and all this stuff. So it goes on. Obviously, he's got Kevin Costner's got daddy issues, but obviously his dad's dad died when he was very, very young. And then it all culminates at the end. There's loads. I mean, what else? What else, what else is there? There's, there's, there's not. If he builds it, you will, you, they will come. Go the distance is another oh, one. Yeah, see, I heard yeah, that. Yeah, um, really iconic film. This isn't it? it? Really, yeah. Oh, yeah, I wonder yeah, why it's, it's just. Just yeah. pass me by this, like because it's, um, oh, yeah, it's from uh, the eighties as well. I don't know why I would have missed that. One of Burt Lancaster's last films. He plays uh, Archibald Moonlight Graham, um, who only ever had like he, he, he almost got to the majors and played had like one innings and. and it's that a was really it. it's sweet. It's, it's a beautiful but, movie, yeah, and then and it culminates at the end where all the it's players eight are, men out. By the way, it's eight men out. Men out. Yeah, eight all the players out. are going out back into the cornfield, and this one guy is still there. I'm going to get choked up just talking about it. Oh. Seriously, it's like you it's the, and the music. Movie. The music is fantastic. It is one of the most. It was in my top ten movie soundtracks of all time. And he knows who he is, so this guy comes up to him and is sort of saying, "You know, is this heaven?" And he goes, "No, this is Iowa." <laughs> and he and then it, then it gets a little bit schmaltzy because he sort of says, "You know, is there a heaven?" Mm. And he goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> He's going. He's going. Oh. Take a minute. And he, and, and, and he goes, oh, well, heaven is the place where dreams come true. And Kevin Costner looks over at his wife and his daughter. And he goes, well, this must be heaven then. And so, so his dad starts walking away and he knows that it's his dad. But his dad doesn't, well, you don't think he knows who he is. Mm. 
And then as he's walking away, he just goes, Dad, do you want to have a catch? And then he turns around and goes, I would love that. And then it's just, oh, oh it's fucking amazing. It really is. I'm, I wonder, I'm going to pick it because we do, because we do the classic film thing sometimes on the podcast and it's got to be, it's usually a classic film that we haven't seen. I reckon I'll pick that one as my next one. You, you, you've Fields got a great movie. I think that's a good one. It the only just... thing I, I need to question is I, like, I haven't seen it for a good many years has it dated at all i don't think it has i mean there's obviously no. bits of it where they're talking well, about certain certain things but i don't think it has because it's 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 set in you know they're, talk, they're talking about the i don't know what they are 1920s these players 19, 20s 30s, 20s, 20s, 30s. Yeah. um and it's just got that magical quality to it it's, it's very frank capra yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like, very, it's a wonderful life ish kind of thing because there's a little bit of going back in time and it's just a beautiful film. And Kevin Costner is just like spot on. He's absolutely He's so spot good on in that. that. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's a great movie, Alice. You will love it. Yeah, I reckon it. I will. I like and I like soppy emotional shit like that. Good, yeah, that's I'm what there. I like. But it's so... well made soppy emotional shit. It's not. <laughs> Even it's not overly cliche. Mm-hmm. No. Obviously, it's become a little bit cliched with some of the dialogue that you hear, but that's because of the overuse of it. Yeah. But, and that yeah. actual baseball field now in America is like a massive tourist attraction. Mm, yeah, People but... go to that. Ba- um, James Earl Jones is in it as well. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. It's. It's fantastic. So, yeah, thoroughly recommend it. Uh, right. Uh, Alice, you give me your number six while I go and dry my eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one won't make you cry, don't worry. It shouldn't do anyway. <clears throat> okay. So this is the plan. The band starts up, the fans go wild, the lights come on, and I walk centre stage and hang myself. So that is from Spice World, the movie, <laughs> right? So... I did, we did this on the podcast again, but this, this is because these are films that I've watched recently, right? So obviously the film is about the Spice Girls. It's, you know, just to make money. It's a cash cow. It's, you know, promoting the Spice Girls, all this, blah, blah, blah. But uh, Richard E. Grant is in it and he plays their manager called Clifford. And he is brilliant in this film. Like he absolutely stands out. He gives such a good performance. His character is hilarious. And this is towards the end where he's having a bit of a breakdown because the girls have gone off and they're meant to be doing their first ever live gig at the Royal Albert Hall, but they're not anywhere to be found sort of thing. So then he's just like, yep, I'll just go onto the stage and hang myself. That's what I'll do. Like, that's his solution to this problem. And it is just such a weird turn in the film, like, because it's like a kid's film about the Spice Girls. And then he just says that. And I was just like, what the fuck? But yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant, love it. That it's been a long, long time. I think I've only ever seen it once. Oh, it's I remember you know seeing what? it at the cinema. If you like the Spice Girls, it's pretty cool, man. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. of Spice Girls music. They're running around in their in their tour bus with the Union flag on it and all this. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, and I think it's better. It was better than I thought it was going to be because I haven't seen it since I was a kid. But then watching it, I was like, actually, there's a lot of really good things about this. Some of the script is quite funny. Some of the characters are quite funny. Um, but yeah, Richard E. Grant in that, just brilliant. But he's great anyway. And I'm looking forward to his new memoir. will be out soon. Mm. Has anybody read With Nails? No. It's one of the best memoirs ever written, honestly, mm. Diaries. But yeah, his new one's coming out, so I'm excited. I hope it's as scathing and as vicious as the last one. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. He doesn't hold back. He's a national treasure, isn't he? He is a bit now, isn't he? And he lives near us. There you go. Does he? Yeah. Yeah, he lives um, Nailsworth way. No. Yes, he does. Does he really? 
Yes, I've seen him a few times when I used to work for the Waitrose. Oh my God, did you ever shout, hey, you were great in Spiced World? (laughs) I love that. I used to shout, roll me a Camberwell carrot. (laughs) Wow, didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, Okay, fantastic. Uh, Go on then, Neil, you're number six. So, you're going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Does anyone know what that's from? That's Reservoir Dogs. It is Reservoir um, Dogs. That makes sense. Yes. Yes. So um, it's from the ear cutting scene, isn't it? Um, when he's uh, torturing. Is that right? No. No, that's um, Harvey No, it's Harvey Keitel, isn't it? it? Yeah, yeah. I've got it wrong. Yes. It's when he uh, when he's being antagonized. And that's the response he came out with. And it's one that, again, I've used. But I've also got um, a collector's box when Reservoir Dogs was released on video. VHS and I've kept it and it came with uh, a cigarette lighter, a clippo that's got the logo of Reservoir Dogs. It's got the postcard, which has got that are you going to bark all day or sticker it's supposed to be. Uh, the copy of the script and the VHS and then a making of a video that's, and it's all stored away upstairs. For what purpose, I don't know because I don't own a VHS anymore, <laughs> but you know, you got to keep these things. But so yes, saving it to don't cash in with the big bucks later on, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, maybe, probably not, mm-hmm. probably not, no, no. probably not. And what, what did it's... you call? What did you call the lighter? A clippo, isn't it a zippo? Did I call it a clipper? Yeah. Uh, that's the wrong sort of lighter, isn't it? A zippo. A zippo. Yeah, one of those ones that are very cool that they flick. Yeah, them. you know, people do them. Yeah. But I think it's, um, I think what well, we talk about iconic dialogue and everything. I think Reservoir Dogs is, was an introduction to scripts and film scripts that we hadn't heard before. Like we spoke about in other podcasts, it, mm. it, became a, it became real conversations rather than movie conversations. You know, the whole bit at the beginning when they sat around the, all the, um, uh, the, the dining table there in the restaurant. I just, have you ever seen Reservoir Dogs, Alice? I have, but only once and right. a long time ago. But I did enjoy it, and I, I do love Tarantino. Yeah. I mean, it might even be, I know it's his original movie, and it's always controversial to everybody, but it might actually be my favourite Tarantino movie mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's only an hour and a half. You know, you don't... And sometimes with Tarantino movies, they can feel a bit of a slog when you're there for three hours. You know, I have to say, I think Django Unchained is too long, far too long. It could have easily chopped the end off of that and other bits. So yeah. But I, I still love them all the same. Anyway, let's not be too controversial. I, get paid <laughs> I love Tarantino. He's probably my favourite director, but, you know, I just think an editor could help everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, my number six. Uh, okay. It's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. <laughs> That's Indiana Jones, isn't it? It is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. This is one of the lines that I, that, like you said, Alice, that like you see the scene, he's all beaten up. They're in, on the ship, him and uh, Marion are on the ship, and he's trying to be very carefully because he's got cuts and bumps and bruises all over his body, and he's just trying to take his shirt off. And Mar- uh, Marion has been very kind and trying to clean every little wound up, and everything hurts. and and she says, you know, I think she says something like, you're not the man I knew like 10 years ago or whatever it was. And he says, it's not the years, honey, it's the mileage. And then the wonderful comedy afterwards where every little bit hurts. Yeah. And then she says, well, where doesn't it hurt? And he goes, here, on the end of his elbow. So she kisses him here. 
I mean, obviously, for me, it would have gone completely different. I'd have been pointing in different places. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole movement started about yeah. that. <laughs> but then cul- culminating in a great bit of physical comedy. Um, no, I think before that, isn't it, where he's looking in the mirror and Marion's the other side of the mirror looking at stuff and she sort of wipes it and then flips it over and smacks him on the jaw. And there's a massive, great big scream from him. But it's one of those things. You, it, it culminates and tells you exactly what's happening in that scene, that he is just beaten and tired and just wants to go to sleep. And he's got no time for anything else because he is absolutely knackered. In more ways than one. Not tired, but just that his body is completely gone. But uh, yeah, so that's my number six. Alice, your number five then, please. Number five is... Do you bleed? That was me trying to beat Henry Cavill's Superman in uh, Justice League when he's, I think he's got Batman up by his throat or something. So they removed this from the Snyder Cut for some reason that I don't get because it was the best moment in the whole fucking film. So I I really like Superman. Uh, I love the Superman films, like the early stuff with Christopher Reeves and then Henry Cavill when he started, I was like, yeah, you know what? I enjoy this too. And Dark Superman is something I want to see more of. Like, I like that. I like that as a narrative. So obviously they bring him back to life in Justice League. He goes fucking crazy because he doesn't really know what's going on. And he just like, he's about to kill Batman sort of thing. And he says, do you bleed? And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, that's so cool. And then they took it out of the fucking Snyder Cut. And I was Mm -hmm. like, why? Like, you've got, what, five, six hours? Whatever the fuck it was of all this. And they took that out. I was just so baffled. I didn't understand. Because... Justice League is it's like as a film, it's all like it's all right. It's not the best thing I've ever seen, but it's all right. But that moment, I was just like, oh yeah, that's fucking cool. That like brings the film up another few points. And then they took it out. It was a fucking side cut. I was like, why? <laughs> but yeah, I like Superman when he's being a bit darker, when you when you get in like the other side of Superman. Like there's a bit in it. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a bit in it when the Flash starts running around him and the Flash is all just like, oh yeah, I'm the fastest thing ever, you know, no one can harm me, sort of thing. And then you see Superman just like in flashes, like fast paced, like little sort of CGI world sort of thing. Superman turns and looks at him yeah. and makes eye contact. And it's like that realization. It's like, it doesn't matter how fucking fast you are, mate. He's Superman. Like, <laughs> and then he starts punching him and actually getting some punches in while the flash is doing his like super, super fast thing. And all that was just really cool. So I just really, really love that moment where it's just a little bit darker. Henry Cavill, I think is, is pretty good. I do love Christopher Reeves a lot as Superman, so like nothing was ever going to live up to that, but I thought Henry Cavill did an all right job. Uh, but yeah, just a brilliant moment in a in an all right film. I actually, well, I, pref- I prefer the Snyder Cut. I think the Snyder Cut is like, even though it's four hours long, it's... The, it's... Yeah, there's, there's, there's bits of it that I really enjoy. There are bits of it that I really enjoy, and you know, it fleshes out a lot of the stuff that maybe feels a little bit empty in, in the original one. But to remove Superman saying that line... I just, I didn't understand it. And like when I was watching the Snyder Cut, I was looking forward to that. I was looking forward to seeing that line, to seeing Henry Cavill saying that again. Mm. And they'd just taken it out. And I was just so confused. I was like, what, why? Like, I don't understand why you've done that. Like in my head, it's really cool. And it's a really great moment. And you're seeing a part, the side of Superman that you don't usually see. I just didn't get it. And it pissed me off a little bit. Yeah, no, I can see Fair that. Fair enough. Fair I enough. Can see that. Were you a fan of the which version did you like? I mean, I think the original just. I've still not is, watched the Snyder cut. Is a piece of pants. I think it's just. I mean, it's. But the, we we the went Joss to the cinema Whedon. and watched that, and then that very first scene where you see Henry Cavill and his terrible CGI upper lip 
it just that was it. It was like it just made everybody think, "What the hell is going on?" Mm. Um, it just it just ruined it, and and the decisions that Joss Whedon made, like story wise, just didn't seem to make any sense. Not at all. Mm-hmm. And then, like you mm-hmm. say, I think it just made it made more sense having it fleshed out a bit more. And um, I mean, they're still pretty bad movies, though. They're not. That's they're not I, great. That's not why I've great. not watched the Snyder Cut. No. I would. I would that's recommend. I would recommend watching it because I think it's it's got some really good bits in it. It's not high. Apart on from the very last bit, the <laughs> bit with the Joker. Don't bother with that bit, but. See, I really like that bit because it's a bit like the, darker, isn't it? Again, you get to see like the aftermath of what happens when Superman goes true. fucking mental. Yes. Like, I think that looks great because <laughs> he is, is unstoppable. True. It's just like a little reminder. It's like he is unstoppable. Yeah. Like if he wanted to, he could fucking annihilate every single one of us. I just, Absolutely. I, I kind of like that. Kind of yeah. like the threat, you know? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, go on then, Neil. You're number five. So. We talk about iconic lines. This is a very much a one and very popular, but it's uh, used a lot. It's, you're going to need a bigger boat. Mm, uh, I nearly put that on my yeah, list. Which I nearly is, did. You know, I nearly put, why don't you come down here and shovel this shit? Because I always, I always say that quite a lot when I'm working. <laughs> uh, just for a laugh. But it's a great line, isn't it? It's a great line from a great moment of the movie. You know, it's, is it the first big reveal of the shark? I suppose it is, isn't it? Coming out of the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah he's... interesting. First time you see his face, isn't it? Yeah. Like proper yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's right after when you come down here and shovel some of this shit. But it is, isn't it? Yeah. Which is why I was going to use it. But um, years ago, when I first had like a mixing desk, I got the audio of that and I put it together with the audio from The Phantom Menace. So for my ringtone, it used to say, you're going to need a bigger boat. There's always a bigger fish. <laughs> <laughs> And that was my uh, text message for a while. No, nobody, everybody kept saying, "What move is that from?" Because <laughs> it's not one from Jaws, is it? And I said, "Well, listen to it better, and you'll understand." Never did tell anyone, but hey, well done. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, okay, so my number five is uh, Let's Go Out Dancing. You put on your black dress and I'll go and shave my tongue. Uh, dear, it always cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? That's from Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, Steve Martin. Yeah. Um, there was like loads of different quotes I wanted to get from Steve Martin films, but that's that was the one that I was because it's so stupid. And I, Alice, have you heard of Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid? Uh, nope, not at all. Right. So, can you remember a few years ago, Griff Rhys Jones used to do Heineken adverts, I think it was, where he was in, it was like black and white movies. So he'd all of a sudden be in a movie with Steve McQueen or something like that. I don't know, that might, might even be too They young. did the ice cold, what's it, you know, that um, ice cold one, didn't they, when they came out from the cold? Oh, I can't think of the film. <laughs> but that was the idea. But that's the idea behind yeah. this movie. So, so Steve Martin plays a private detective. And... There is a there is a narrative, obviously, for his movie. But what he does is take famous scenes from other black and white movies and puts them in the movie, so it fits with the narrative of what his movie is. If that makes sense. So he's, okay, that's interesting. He's playing opposite Humphrey Bogart and Lauren yeah. Bacall, um, mm-hmm. Cary Grant, all these famous people, and it is fucking hilarious. And this particularly particular scene, he's with. Ingrid Bergman, I think it is, and she slips something in his drink, so he starts going a bit doolally, and he's mm. going, let's go out dancing. You put on your black dress, I'll go and shave my tongue. And then the next scene is, he's in the bathroom putting um, shaving foam on his tongue, and going, eh. No! Oh, God, no! You don't see, do you see it? Like, is there he blood actually, and stuff? Oh, no, no. not blood. Oh, no, no, he's oh. just not he's, he's not blood, but he's just, eh, like that, and oh, he shaves no. the, yeah. And then he comes back outside and just collapses and stuff holy uh, Rachel shit Rachel Ward is in it as well um, Carl, dead yeah. men don't wear plaid Man, is that yeah, what you yeah. said yeah. right that's is, going on the list it is fantastic it is it's such a good funny. film interesting and, uh, you don't see it on the normal TV stations anymore you know when films no. crop up I've never seen that one I, I bought it on Apple, like my Apple iTunes, whatever it is, like four ninety nine. It was so I thought I'm going to buy that because I haven't seen that for ages, and I was watched it like a couple of times, and it is so funny. Mm-hmm. It's so clever the way that they make comedy out of what are already, you know, movies that were shot fifty years ago or whatever. This is very very cleverly done. Mm. Um, okay, number four for you, please, Alice. Number four. Okay, <clears throat> this one's a bit wordy. Here we go. <clears throat> What business does an elf, a man, and a dwarf have in the Ridmark? Speak quickly. Give me your name, Horsemaster, and I shall give you mine. I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a little higher from the ground. That was uh, Aome and uh, Gimli from the Two Towers, Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Bit of a long one. Again, this is one we... It's the moment, like it's the moment in the film. So you've got Legolas, Aragorn and Gimli running around trying to save Merry and Pippin. And then they just get surrounded by this army on horses who are incredibly hostile because they've just been dealing with all the orcs and stuff. And it's like, oh my God, what's going to happen sort of thing. And it's just a good introduction to Eomer as well. 
obviously in the in the Riders of Rohan. But yeah, I'm really my love for Lord of the Rings was reignited earlier this year because I hadn't seen the films in ages. Always liked them when I was a kid, but then hadn't seen them in ages. And then it was my husband's birthday and he was like, right, what I want to do is I want to watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy extended versions. I was like, okay, sick. I hadn't seen the extended versions. And they were just so fucking good. And I was like, oh my God, these are amazing. And then we watched it again because I thought it was so good. And it's just all I think about now. I'm just like looking at Lord of the Rings memes. I'm like obsessed with the Rings. What you I was going to say? I'm obsessed because it's Lord of the Rings content. Some of the acting is pretty terrible and some of the script is pretty bad and cheesy. Uh, but I'm just, you know, I'm excited that it's those characters and I'm I'm trying to love it. I'm trying to love it because of my love for Lord of the Rings sort of thing. But it could be better. I think it could be better, but we'll see. I'm going to see what the payoff's like when we get yeah. to the end, right? Because I'm waiting for something big to happen. Um, well, have you seen it? What did Not you yet. think? No, no, oh, you no, haven't? No, oh, no, okay. I haven't seen it it's, it's to be watched, as it? Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I hope I didn't just I did... spoil it. And it's, and well, no, 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 no. Because my no, friend no. said it was all good till Lenny Henry turned up. Nah, he's, he's all right, actually. He's probably <laughs> one of the better actors in it. Oh, really? the, the problem is, and going back and watching the trilogy, so Ian McKellen, Christopher Lee, and Ian Holm, who plays Bilbo, they are such just extraordinary actors, like just mm. absolute powerhouses. Like Ian McKellen and Gandalf is really holding that whole fucking thing together. Like he's so brilliant. He's like this connector between all the different characters and he's so, so good. And I think in this, you're just kind of missing that. Like you're right. missing that sort of older, more experienced, like that real powerhouse of an actor to sort of pull the whole thing together. It's a lot of unknowns, which is obviously mm. fine, but... The, there's just some weaknesses in the script, some weaknesses in the performance, but I'm still hooked and I still love it because I'm like, well, it's, you know, it's still, it's still these places and all that. And it's still like, you know, Gladriel's there and Elrond's there and all this. So I'm trying to enjoy it that way. Um, Does it yeah. look good? Because obviously they yeah, spent looks, a yeah. shit ton of money on it, didn't they? So. Yeah, it looks phenomenal. Like they're in, on one of the islands on when they're on Numenor. Um, yeah, it looks beautiful. Some of the costume is brilliant. Some of the CGI is brilliant. And then for some of for some of the orcs, they do use uh, practical effects, which is obviously where a lot of the strength in the original trilogy lied mm, was the mm. use of practical effects there. So when they do use that, it does look really good. But yeah, some of the costumes are brilliant as well. So yeah, it looks fabulous. It should do for the money that they spent on it. I think yes, Amazon yes, spent yes a indeed. Shit ton of money on it, didn't they? They did. They said the most expensive TV show ever, wasn't it? Mm. Ever really? Whoa! Yeah. The trouble is, I'm, at the moment, I'm trying to get through House of the House of the Dragon. Exactly mm-hmm. what I was about to say. So I, I can't go it. through yeah. more. My name is Idabong of Billabong, and I'm yeah, yeah. coming from Here's my family history. Oh, yeah. And I, I just too many names. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching Andor as well. There's, so that's got new names and stuff like that. It's just too much brain overload. I just can't take any more of it. But it does look, I mean, yeah, it looks intriguing, I must admit. Definitely worth, I mean, just worth a watch. And a lot of the. A lot of the criticisms I've seen about it, I don't think are just, and I I don't agree with at all. But I do have criticism of it, right? So, but just just not what why everyone else seems to hate it. But I don't hate it. I just think it could have been better. But mm. again, having said that, 
there might be some really excellent payoff at the end. So I'm just waiting for that. These right. last like two episodes or so. So we'll see. Okay. By the time this comes out, it might have already finished though. So <laughs> you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> okay. Right then. Uh, Neil, your number four then, please. So we spoke about ones that we really do use a lot of the time. And I really do use this one a lot of the time. It goes, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go along. Which is from the movie that Pav quoted earlier. Raiders, Ra- Raiders of the Lost Ark. That was nearly in mine. That was the two. The, yeah. It's not the years and that one. And when I, I remember seeing it as a kid and it made me laugh and it still makes me chuckle every time I see it yeah. now. And it's just sort of the story of what he's going through, isn't it? Uh, but yes, I do use that a lot in all sorts of circumstances. Um, to my kids, to my mum and dad, even mm. to all my work colleagues. They've probably heard it a million times. It's such a throwaway line, but it's perfect mm. for that character. That's the thing. It is. Is that he's not a professional. He, he's quite happy to just pull his gun and kill somebody with a sword rather than try and fight them. You know what I mean? Just to survive. I think that's mm. it's a perfect character line. It is. Without it a sort of sums him up all the way, doesn't it? It's yeah. whole arc in that. I would yeah. love to know if that was maybe a, um, that whether that was scripted or whether I, that was. I think it was scripted. I really yeah. do. Yeah, I think it was. So, but you never know. It might be wrong. Mm. Yeah, it's a great, I mean, great yeah, movie. I was very, very close. That was on my list. Was um, it? Yeah, yeah, but I decided that. Are you a fan of Raiders, Alice? Haven't seen any Indiana Jones what the films. What the fuck is going there. on? So I literally, I just, I literally just added it to my list. Then while you were chatting, I was like, yeah, I've <laughs> got, I've got to watch it. I know. How in the Lord's balls, have you know. watched Ace Ventura? But <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't know. Again, it's one of these that's just passed me. I've got, I've got a lot of blind spots in oh, like my, my film watching God. sort of oh, history sort of thing. But that does seem like the type of one that. My dad would should have made me watch. Yeah. When I was Absolutely, a kid, and he just yeah. didn't. So I don't know if Absolutely. he hasn't seen it or what. But yeah, it's, I put it on my list. A, we I will watch it. It's near, it, it is a perfect movie. Is it's, it? Yeah, that's it big is. words, man. Yeah, it is, it is. Uh, for sure. It is a perfect movie. Yeah, wow. you know, I said Die Hard's nearly a perfect movie. Raiders is the perfect movie. So it is, the, is the best action movie. Is it? The, is that the first one? Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's only it? three. There's only three. Okay. Yeah, you don't. No, we don't count number four really. Number four, we oh, really? just lose. It's yeah. not good. It's yeah. awful. Uh, I do that with Terminator Three. Yeah. Yeah. And then it. number yeah. five will be coming out next year, so it'll be interesting. Which we have to see hopes for what happens with. That's still with Harrison Ford, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I heard Harrison about when he was filming it. But it's not it. Steven Spielberg this time. It's uh, James Mangold. Uh, yeah. Did Steven Spielberg do the other four? Three, four? Three. Yeah, he did the other he four. Did the fir- he did the three. He did yeah. the three. <laughs> okay, that's on my list. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Got it. I would say, though, it's it's close to being uh, one of the best trilogies. Yeah, yeah. I would they say. Don't, Temple of they Doom don't dip. And Last Crusade. Last Crusade with Sean Connery fantastic it's a really really good movie so i would say that, you know i think we'll we should do like top 10 movie trilogies i think that'd be quite high up there for me probably because um, yeah. I've, I've sort of fallen in love more with temple of doom as it's gone on i was really i didn't like it because it's got kids in it and kids are normally they're normally the ones that fuck movies up because they're too <laughs> kiddified you know that's why i don't like the first mm. harry potter movie because they're too too much like kids well they are kids i know they are kids but do you know what i mean it's like kids acting can be ropey you know mm-hmm. it can be you know mm-hmm. not everybody can be Haley joel osmond can they that's the thing unfortunately um okay so my number four we've already heard it already but it's hello 
My name is Inigo Montoya. <laughs> you killed my father. Prepare to die. I love this movie. Princess Bride, obviously. Um, there's a couple of, of whether TikToks or Instagram things of uh, it's Mandy Patin Mandy Patinkin. Is that how you say his last name? I think so. Something along those lines. Something like that. The guy who played um, Inigo Montoya talking about, and he gets so emotional talking about like that scene and doing the fighting scene with um, Christopher Guest because uh, his his father had died apparently just before they started really? filming started filming um and like when he, and he said when you killed you know, you killed my father prepare to die and he said when he killed the man the six-fingered man uh, that was like he was like killing the cancer that killed his dad and he wow. and he's t- he's talking in this this and he was saying it was like just so emotional and he got so emotional with it and also when he filmed his fight scene with um I can't remember know his name that's the one um he said that when as soon as he said the worst thing an actor can hear is cut and print he said because then you know you're never going to do it again he said and he and he got he teared up and he was crying he said the fact that i wasn't able to do that fight scene uh with him again just broke my heart he said because it was something that was just like meant so much to me and i've, I've i had a lot more I, I don't really like him as an actor i've never really seen much of him apart from this i felt so much love towards him you know i'm i'm, I'm you know, I like giving love, you know? You know, I like doing that kind of... I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking fucking love. <laughs> <laughs> Have you you've seen Princess Bride, surely, Alice? No, oh. don't think I am. Oh. Oh. Sorry, sorry. I know this bitch has got a film podcast as well. Terrible. Jeez, you've got to watch that one. There's another just, one. That's, this is wonder, high on your list Is now. the title like misleading like i just wonder if the title the princess bride like if that's just never sort Could of caught be. my and eye and so i've when never you see the little picture you know the thumbnail of it it looks a bit shite okay yeah it looks like but, a very yeah it looks very disneyfied doesn't look like yeah, a disney princess thing it's not that me. it's not that okay not see that. i think maybe i thought that that's what it is but that's what you get for yeah. judging a film by its yeah. title which you shouldn't do yeah yeah it's a rob reiner film with christopher guest um, it's that kind of thing. It's it's it's. I'm not saying it's not like a Mel Brooks kind of parody movie, but it has. A, it's a very slanted view of like a a Disney fairy, kind of fairy, fairy tale. tale. Yeah, fairy okay. tale. Is it's it fun? Is it funny? It's, oh, is it God, comedy? Yeah. Oh, it is a comedy. Yeah, okay, yeah. got you. It Peter is fantastic. Basically, sits and reads. It's Fred Savage, isn't it? It is Fred Savage. Yeah. Um, reads his grandson, The Princess Bride, and then you're. You you see the story that he's reading, basically. Yeah, it's a William Goldman script, and it's probably it's a fucking brilliant script. Inconceivable. Yeah, that's another marriage. Marriage, yes, marriage. <laughs> oh dear. There's yeah. some great moments. You'll be you'll be quoting Stick away. Stick that one on your list, Alice. Yes, it's, it's there. Must. It's there. It's on there. With okay. Jones. You won't. You'll you'll <laughs> yeah. thank us when you see you these. Yeah. You will. Yeah. It won't be a case no, I trust you. I trust yeah. you for sure. Uh, you're number three then, please, Alice. Okay. <clears throat> Good morning, Dr. Silberman. How's the knee? That's uh, Sarah Connor from Terminator 2. I do believe it's her. F- well, if you don't count the sort of narration bit that she does at the very beginning, that is her introduction to the film. It's one of my favourite film moments of all time. Like she's in a cell. She's obviously in the psychiatric unit. She's turned her bed on its side so she can do pull-ups on it. She looks like a completely different person to how she did in the first film. 
And then that's her introductory line. And I think you just get so much from it. You get so much of her, of her anger and of her resentment. And then the fucking doctors are obviously on the other side of a door, just like peering in and looking Mm. at her like she's some animal. But then you get that, like, even though, even though she is like the oppressed in this situation, she's still got fight in her and she Mm. fucking stabbed him in the (laughs) knee and it's only just getting better sort of thing. And yeah. I think she's sick. She's one of my favorite characters in anything ever. Terminator Two is my favorite film ever. Yeah, had to had to go in there. I know, obviously, there's a few more, more maybe more known quotes that I could have picked from Terminator, but that's the one for me. It's, it's just the one sick that, that you like. But how did you find the the latest Terminator when she came back? No, not good. Unfortunately, like I'm. Was, um, there's this thing where so Terminator Salvation. I thought was all right because it was doing something different and it was, mm. it, they were different characters. It was a slightly different story and they were going down a bit of a different route, but this whole thing of trying to prop up older actors, but as if they were still that age, I just, it doesn't work. And that's how it felt. It's how it feels when I see Linda Hamilton reprising that role, even when Arnie is, is being the Terminator again, it just feels awkward and it feels odd I felt the same as well, actually, in the more recent Star Wars with Carrie Fisher. Like, there was just something, like, a bit uncomfortable uncomfortable about it. Like, she, I just got the vibe that she didn't really want to be there. And it's just like, oh, but you are this character, so you have to come and do these films sort of thing. Yeah, I don't, like, Terminator, first Terminator and Terminator 2, brilliant. Terminator Salvation, pretty good. And then the rest are all just dog shit. Mm. Which is a real shame. Genesis or Gen Ysis is Gen Ysis. Yeah. <laughs> that is the worst. I tried. I think I, I literally got, I think I did, obviously didn't walk out the cinema because I didn't go to the cinema, but I think I got about 20, 25 minutes in and I just had to turn it off. We I was like, I'm not it. getting, I'm just not getting anything from this. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it was one movie I wanted to leave. I yeah. And the fact that Matt Smith's in it was so fleetingly, isn't he, at the end? But then there's a, there is a end of credits sting kind of thing isn't there like a well they were gonna have this new universe and it's sort of like it's so sort of oh i can see what you're fucking trying to do there you're trying Mm. to go make us go oh can't wait for the next Mm. one when it wasn't earned at all i think yeah it's a shocking movie the problem the the problem is i I mean you know from my humble assessment sort of thing but because of what i think because of what the avengers did and with this extended universe and with all these characters and you know all these all these films and all this world building everyone now in hindsight is trying to make that happen. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, because there was obviously more of a plan. There was more of like, they had something in mind to how all this was gonna sort of climax at the end. And that's why it works. But you can't go back to a film that come out in like fucking 1990 and go, yeah, yeah, this was... This was leading up to 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 this film that we're doing now in in twenty twenty for sure. Yeah, and all your, oh yeah, all your favorite characters are back. Everyone, look, it's Arnie and Linda yeah. and all this, and it's this like this forced sort of feeling to everything. It's like mm. just let it die. Like Matrix, fucking brilliant. Matrix two, three, and four, fuck off. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, there's no need. Just be happy with what you have. But it's yeah. almost this thing of. They just need to guarantee that someone's going to watch it and that someone's going to pay money to see it. So if you use all this, all these old characters and this old story, it's like, oh, well, the, the old fans will come back in because they just want to see these characters or whatever. Mm. 
It's just shit most of the time. It's like yeah. Terminator did it, and I think Halloween have done it as well, haven't they? They, they they'll bring a new one out and they'll go, just forget about numbers three and four. This yeah. is now gonna follow on from like number two or follow on like Halloween did, follow on from the original number one and forget about all that other stuff that we did, you know, years ago. <laughs> and it doesn't work. I don't think it's no, not it earned. Work. Like you say, it's not earned at all. Uh gone the nilt, you're number three. Striker. Surely you can't be serious. Hey, <laughs> from airplane. I am serious, but don't call me Shirley. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Does he say striker in that? Yeah, yeah. I had to look it up because I put surely you can't be serious, but the quote is striker. Surely you can't be serious. I am what? serious, but don't call me Shirley. Hang on, I'm confused now. Then because it's striker that says surely you can't be serious. No. And that's then Leslie Nielsen says, I am serious and don't call me, call me Shirley. So I don't need to pull you up on it, Neil. I'm just like, I'm <laughs> well, surely you can't be serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read it on the quote, on the film quote. Maybe so they're you know. doing that. Yeah, maybe they're doing that. So it's saying Stryker says. Yeah, um, Stryker and then serious. colon. And then yeah, it's surely it. you can't Wait, be serious. <laughs> and then... Well, I'll, I'll I'll reinvestigate. I can't do it while we're on here, but yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty because I'm pretty sure it's Leslie Nielsen that says I am serious and don't call me Shirley. Let me see if I can find it. Where I, I'm going to have to look about this because it came up because I wanted to get it right and make mm-hmm. sure. Well, you right. fuck that up, then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it might not have. I'm look. pretty because I'm, I'm I'm sure that it's Ted Stryker that says, "Well, surely you can't be serious," and Leslie Nielsen says, "I am serious and don't call me Shirley." First question, the first thing that comes up on Google is, who said, surely you can't be serious? And it says, Rumac, Leslie Nielsen in brackets, surely you can't be serious. And Rumac replies, I am serious, don't call me surely. Right, but it doesn't well, say, anyway. who says it? <laughs> anyway, that's the quote. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny as fuck, was. Yeah, there we go. Ted Stryker, surely you can't be serious. Yes, yeah, that's he what says I it. misread. There, you there go. we go. Never mind, There Neil. we go. It's fine. It's fine, Neil. Don't, don't. You start getting in a mood. You don't put, put that button away. Not send nothing, Pav. Fucking hell. <laughs> your screen has gone really dark as well, Neil. Is that just like, has, is yeah. that your mood now? The darkness in his heart. <laughs> no, I don't know what's going on. I'll be, I'll be talking to you, and somebody will walk out that door. And uh, creep the fuck out of you. Yeah, that's well. creepy. Not oh, dark. It's Halloween. It's gone dark, really dark, all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't know why I haven't turned any lights off. Eh? You sure? Okay. Yeah. All right so then. Let's move this. Okay. Is that better? That's a bit better. <laughs> there you there go. You yeah. Go. It's just that's screen good. positioning. <laughs> that's good. So okay. So now we've got that. So go on then, Neil. Why? Why is that in your top ten? Because it's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. I have All seen right. airplane. That is one that I have seen. Hey. Oh, thank go. God for that. Well there done. We There's loads of quotable lines on in that movie. There's Pretty too much many. Every every line is nearly a quotable line. I mean, you know, we could just sit here all day and just play the quote game from it. But it's a genius comedy. I think it was all of our. Um, that should be a top ten. We should do top ten airplane quotes. <laughs> See what we get on that one. <laughs> Probably. But wasn't that airplane the one that we all came number one in? That was parody yeah. movies. Yeah. Parody movies. All three cool. were number ones. Yeah. Wow. First yeah, time first, ever. Yeah. First time ever. And it's, wow. it's funny as. It's as funny as. It it's is. Very funny. It is funny. And it's still funny. 
Yes. Like it doesn't yeah, feel yeah, was... it doesn't feel old. Like the jokes don't feel old or tired, even no. though they've been they've been parodied a lot themselves, obviously, in other mm. things and like film and TV and stuff. But it is still funny. It's just well, I suppose if it's well written, then it doesn't matter how long ago it was written, does it? I completely agree. It doesn't. And I think Airplane Two gets a bad rap as well. Because they've been showing that a lot on the um, on Sky, and I watched. Yeah, it there's again. some good it bits. Was really in that. funny yeah. in it, and I, I think it gets unjustly criticised. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think it's bloody airplane two. Yeah, going. Uh, if on you've got the Sky, list. they keep showing it on one <laughs> yeah. of the, the top Sky it's, channels. It's disowned, they? disowned by the people that made Airplane the original. Oh, that's yeah, a shame. They yeah, didn't it, make it. They didn't make oh. it. But, oh, but right. it's, it's obviously, uh, yeah, yeah. They didn't make it and then disown it. Right. No, they didn't. Okay. They didn't because like that would have been sad. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it's it has the same humor. I mean, not it's not. I don't think it's as. Laugh out loud, funny, laugh out loud, been... loud, funny in in as abundance as the first one is because I think that is like joke to laugh ratio is fantastic. I think probably the best ever in that movie. But Airplane Two has definitely got some good some good moments. William Shatner absolutely hamming it up in it yeah. is fantastic. Really, really good. But very funny. Um, okay, right. A top ten movie list wouldn't be right for me if it didn't have some at Star Wars in it. So I had to have one. And there could have been so many. May the force be with you. I am your father, all that. But I had to have the one that I've actually got as a tattoo. Uh, It's the I love you, I know. uh, Between Han and Leia. And this one for me is specifically what you were saying about earlier, Alice. Everything you need to know about their relationship and about what's happening at that moment is done by two lines, five words. Anyone else could have written that and it would have been wordy and overblown and you know full of emotion that probably wasn't right for the scene but it is perfect it's Leia's telling him that she loves him and Han Solo being Han Solo and not saying I love you back but going I know and it's perfect and that was that was a that wasn't written in the script I don't think the I know bit no, that was in originally he it? was supposed to say "I love you" back, and he just said "I know." Much Absolutely better. Absolutely perfect. Much better. Yeah. And and like I say, so much so, I've got it on my arm, and my wife's got the same on her arm as well. So, oh, did you get them at the same time? Yeah, she took me out for my birthday one day, and we was having a a, a birthday day of fun, which I didn't know what was going on. So the first port of call was a tattoo parlor in in the town we live. And we both got I Love You, I Know uh, tattooed. And then she took me to see Babe on the stage. And man, was that a head fuck. On the stage? On the oh, stage. Wow. There were kids there. Right, there were kids there. And there's a, I don't know whether it's in the movie because I've never seen the movie. But all of a sudden in the film, like fucking shotgun comes out. To finish the first half, the shotgun comes out, is pointed at one of the sheep. The scene, the, the scene goes blank. And like everything goes black, and then there's a massive shot, and that's the end of the first half. I thought, fucking hell, what's going on? <laughs> Dark that man. Jesus Christ, there's kids crying, there's oh, kids no. wetting themselves. It was like crazy. Was there real animals on the stage? No, no, it was, oh. it was actors with like like furry coats on, and they <laughs> okay. would be in the sheep, and then there was one with a little 
like a piggy wiggly tail that was yeah. Babe, and no, Babe was uh, a puppet, I think, but it was very clever. But well, I wasn't you, that's got an icon- iconic quote, isn't it? That'll do, pig. That'll do, That'll pig. do pig. Absolutely, do pig, yeah, yeah. Indeed. That's even yeah. quoted in other films. It is. Yeah, that's. I that's find myself deep, saying that deep lore, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, they did it in Shrek, didn't they? That'll do, donkey. That'll, That'll do, donkey. donkey. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so number two, please, Alice. Okay, number two. <clears throat> I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. So do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. So that's Frodo and Gandalf in the Fellowship of the Ring. But very specifically, it's when Frodo is remembering the, that conversation that he had with Gandalf. So they have it initially where they have the conversation in real time. And then it's as Frodo is about to leave the fellowship, he's about to get in the boat and go and destroy the ring on his own because he realises, well, I've got to do this on my own because Boromir tried to kill me and Aragorn might try to kill me and everyone's going to die if I don't do this on my own sort of thing. And he's just stood there looking out onto the water and you hear the sort of, you hear their voices basically having the conversation in his mind. I just, oh, it just gets me every time. Like, like you with your field of dreams. I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you just feel, because you just feel the gravity of what Frodo's having to do and how insane it is that he's even contemplating trying to do it. Um, yeah, and it's just, oh, it's just a beautiful moment. But very specifically, that time where he's remembering it and not the first time that it's said. So yeah, bit of fucking, bit of fucking dancing around that one. I'm sure nobody really <laughs> quotes this. I don't know if you could call it a quote, but I just love it so much. No, that's great. That is a good one. Yeah. I've not seen the extended versions. I have to admit. Are they're they, well are they, worth they, it. Yeah. They're not um, worth yeah. it. They're well worth it. Oh, they're well it. worth yeah. it. Well yeah. Worth it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. They really do. It adds more like just little extra bits of information, little bit more of character development and, because I love the films anyway, like it, I'm happy for it to be four hours long. Like they could be longer than that, like, and I would be fine yeah. with it, sort of thing. But yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, go on then, Neil. You're number two. Well, here's another fine mess you've got me into. <laughs> what move is that from there? I mean, oh, it could be any Laurel and Hardy movie, couldn't it? It's Sons, go of, for the Sons of the Desert. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just part and parcel of growing up for me and hearing those that voice it's you know when I thought about the great movie quotes I automatically thought of the Laurel and Hardy one I just think it's great I mean are you a fan of Laurel and Hardy Alice I don't know how I haven't Never seen, seen any. any I can't I can't judge sorry are they dead uh, good am I missing yes, out I mean we I it mean, depends I what kind of comedy it. you like really yeah but I was right. I was brought up on Laurel and Hardy as, I think as it was Neil a staple was. of our generation because it was on mm-hmm. you know you come to the Christmas holidays school holidays they were on every morning yeah it's, you know we didn't have the six million channels you choose from now we have three at that time yeah yeah um, so you know it was just part and parcel of it but the thing is I showed my kids when they were younger and my son is still mad on them now so I think it's it's they're, they're timeless to me mm. It does translate still yeah, to, to the modern audiences. So. Yeah. I know people that can't bear them and can't bear watching it, but I don't get it myself, I think now. Where would you start 
with Laurel and Hardy if I was going to watch one to start with? I would, I would West, start, or, or if you start with one of the twenty-minute ones. Oh of, yeah, that's a good show. Brats, Brats. Okay. Yeah, Brats. Brats, where they, Brats. they they play their own sons as well. So they okay. it's that's a and Helpmates is another good one. Yeah. Okay. Um, which I think they I think you can get them both. I think they're both on YouTube. Great. Um, okay. Cool. Blotto right, is another good. Blotto, Blotto is, is another good. Yeah, as well. Yeah, that's got the. If you ever, they did that as a well when I was on social media a while back. They used to do that as a meme of him laughing like that. Yeah, yeah. Blotto is. Um, Recognise that. But there are there are so many good ones. Like the the, the full length movies. Way Out West is one of the most famous ones because it's the mm-hmm. Trail of the Lonesome Pine. Uh, which was a song that went to I think, number one, or it went Could very done, high yeah, up. Didn't it? I think it got very, very high up. But uh, yeah, it's got a lot of the. I you know when we talk about Lauren Hardy, you'll think about a lot of things, and Way Out West has a lot of them in. It was there. A lot of the famous it? sort of scenes. The scenes, and stuff, and I mean, yeah, bits, yeah. You know, um, yeah, <clears> I, would, I would recommend. Is it depend? Like I say, if you like slapstick comedy, it's. Um, it's Try great, Bratz. I think you. I, I think, think Bratz, Bratz is probably the yeah. most, yeah, easy accessible. Straight. You away. can lead a horse okay. to water, but a pencil must be must led. Must be led. That's another good one. And then <laughs> what follows from that is probably one of the funniest things ever committed to celluloid. Yes. That's what. what with the said. stairs. Is what yeah. You're about, Neil? yeah. 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 I, I actually, me and my lad, still to this day, when we watch it, rewind it just to watch it I, again because. Same. And I'll keep doing it because it makes Same. me laugh so much. But wow. I don't see. I don't know because Alice obviously is a different generation to us. <laughs> I don't know whether it translates. I really don't. I think if you're brought up like young, I think if you're looking at it from a, an older eye, I don't know whether it translates. I really don't. But I think if you're brought up with it as as little, I think it works perfectly because it is childish slapstick, poking people in the eye. That kind of thing, you know, it's that kind of it's comedy through pain is a lot of it, mm-hmm. especially with what's happening, what happens to Oliver Hardy. He gets run run through the mills like yeah. some chronic, you know, All he's always time. being smacked at and things falling on him. But always seem to be getting wet as well. Yeah, if you find that kind of thing funny, you'll find it funny. But if you don't, okay. you know, but I would I would I would thoroughly recommend. I'd be really intrigued to hear what you think. About yeah, that. absolutely. Send us a message over. Absolutely. Okay, I will. Yeah. I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. I'll start with brats. Start yeah. with brats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two minutes in, she go, "What the fuck is this? Yeah, what are these lads done to me?" Well, I mean, what? It's got to be nineteen thirties, hasn't it? Oh, easy. Brats. Yeah, twenties, thirties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, oh, oh yeah. no, but I, I do love that though because it's like looking at a piece of history, isn't it? Absolutely. So I do like that. And it's where it's where like comedy was born. Of now was born. It's yeah. where yeah. you know those kind of things have been brought on. And that's where it all came from. It's like, it's Charlie Chaplin, the Marx Brothers, Laurel and Hardy, Harold Lloyd, all of the, those kind of guys. Abbott and Costello, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm not such a fan of Abbott and Costello. I'm, I'm not. I think either, it's one of the two, aren't you? Either yeah. Laurel and Hardy or... But they were a bit later, weren't they, than Laurel and They were and just Hardy. a little bit there. They were in the talkies, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my number two is a little bit wordy. Um, so bear with me. Um, Alice has actually done one from this movie already, but... Uh, my name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander <laughs> of the armies of the north, general of the Felix Legions, and loyal servant to the true emperor Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. I thank you. I thank you. 
Oscars now, please. Thank you, thank you. Oh, that's from Gladiator. Oh, I thought it was the artist. <laughs> it's not the artist. No, that was from Gladiator. That Brilliant. was. The, I can't remember. I think it was one of the first times I looked at YouTube or something. And I saw that on video, that clip, and I thought that is just fucking amazing. I didn't know what the movie was. I think that was the very first clip I ever saw of Gladiator. And I thought I, I want to see that because just the look in Russell Crowe's face just perfectly acted wonderfully done and it summed up that whole, I love that movie mm-hmm. Gladiator is one of my favourite movies um, not really much more I can say about it to be honest I think it's just a great bit of writing perfectly done and a, yeah. a real a real shit of a bad guy in there as well mm. you know Joaquin Phoenix is Joaquin uh, Commodus yeah, yeah. Commodus is just a, it's just an ass and Richard Harris was fantastic in it as yeah. well. Oliver Reed's last Oliver movie. Reed as well, yeah. Yeah, because they, they filmed a lot of that without a script, didn't they? Because they had yeah. no idea what they were going to do story-wise. And then he obviously died halfway through it, so they had to rejig it all again. And it looks, it still holds up all right. I watched it, does. it not so long ago, and I thought, wow, blimey, that holds up quite well. Yeah, but that's uh, that's my number two. Okay, so before we do our number ones... I always laugh at that bit. Oh, um, <laughs> would you like to give us a countdown between 10 to 2? You don't have to do the whole um, thing, just, you know. Okay, yeah, summarise, summarise. Okay, that's the word I was looking for. Number 10 is the take the car moment, go to the Winchester from Shaun of the Dead. Number 9, are you not entertained? Number 8, hi, I'm looking for Ray Finkel and a clean pair of shorts from Ace Ventura. Number 7, Marilyn Monroe, gentlemen prefer blondes. Number 6, um... Clifford, uh, Richard E. Grant from Spice World, walking on stage to hang himself. Brilliant. Number five, Do You Bleed from the Justice League. Number four, it's when Aomir surrounds Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli in the Two Towers, Lord of the Rings. Number three, Good Morning, Dr. Silberman. How's the knee from Terminator 2? Number two is Frodo having a very sad memory of Gandalf after he's died and when he needs to go to Mordor to throw the ring in the fire. It's all very sad and emotional <laughs> from the Fellowship of the Ring. Yay! That'll do <laughs> There we go. You didn't have to do it that fast. We've got plenty of tape. Oh, I don't. You know? I don't know why I keep doing. I always do stuff like that really, really fast. I don't, don't know worry. why. Don't worry. It's don't know fine. Why. Okay, then, Neil, you're ten to two, please. Okay, at ten we had Bond, James Bond, Doctor No. Number nine, Yippee Kaye, motherfucker, Die Hard. Number eight, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. It's the War Room, Doctor Strangelove. Number seven, you've got to ask. You've got to ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do your punk from Dirty Harry. Number where are we at now? Number six is you're going to bark all day, little doggy, or you're going to bite from Reservoir Dogs. Number five, you're going to need a bigger boat from Jaws. Number four, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go along. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Number four, uh, where are we at? Number three, Striker. Surely you can't be serious. <laughs> That's uh, funny, number two, well, here's another fine mess you've gotten me into, Sons of the Desert. And uh, number one, uh, you'll have to wait and see. Yes, goodness me, Neil. Uh, my number 10 was uh, 106 Miles to Chicago from the Blues Brothers. Number nine, The War Room, Doctor Strange Love. Uh, number eight, Avengers Assemble from Avengers Endgame. Number seven, Dad, do you want to have a catch for your dreams? No, oh, God. Thanks. Uh, it's not, uh, it's the honey, my lich thing, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Uh, five, I'll go shave my tongue, dead men don't wear plaid. Uh, number four, Inigo Montoya from The Princess Bride. Three, The Empire Strikes Back, I love you, I know. And two, Maximus Decimus Meridius. 
I will have my vengeance from Gladiator. So, Alice, what is your number one movie quote of all time? Gosh, okay, pressure. Okay, here we go. Number one. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> yes. Just cracks me up every time. Oh, it's every it's just time. that that film, everything about it, Tommy, like it's just what a cultural moment that was. And it was just a like a new lesson in how something can be entertaining in a yeah. very different way to what you would expect from a film. And yeah, I just love it. It just uh, cracks me up every time. Uh, just in case anybody doesn't know, that's the room. Oh, yeah. That's from that's, the room. Uh, Tommy mm-hmm. Wiseau's uh, cult classic. Uh, yes, have you often seen regarded it as no, not oh. all the way through. Have you still not clips. seen it? I really just can't bring myself to watch the whole. Thing. Yeah, you've got to you've got to get into a sort of mindset, and I think just be ready to enjoy it in a way that you've never enjoyed any other film before. Like it's <laughs> it's just a real. It's fascinating. Mm. more than sort of entertaining. And I think, yeah, just, just watched, iconic um, for very different reasons. Mm. I watched the film about the, you know, that James Frank. Disaster Artist. Yeah, 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 I watched that. That was okay. Yeah, but, yeah, it's um, pretty good, that. Yeah, but no, I, Pav's been banging on probably about 10 years for me to watch this. It is like and, watching a car crash. It's the thing you can't, it's so bad that you can't take your eyes off of it. Yeah, because there's part of you thinking they're taking the piss, they're doing it on purpose. This bad, you know, green screen, or all of a sudden chucking a football around and for no reason whatsoever, and the creepiness of some of it, mm-hmm. it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. But then when you realise that actually, you know, this guy set out to make a proper movie, and this is what he came up with, oh, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but who knew, eh, that it would then land him this sort of infamy wow yeah yeah so well it is a cult classic now isn't it like they do there's midnight screenings and stuff and people you know like with rocky horror picture show where you know you go and you sing along and you dress Mm. up and it's like this whole event well it's a similar thing with the room like you go and you quote along and stuff and yeah just a real interesting moment in cinematic history i think you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, another good one, another good one. That was, that was nearly made it on there, nearly made it on there. Oh, it's so good, it's so good. It's so bad, it's so good. That's exactly. the thing. That's a great one. Well done. Go on then, Neil, you're number one. So like I said, I wrote this list without looking at anything online and the first movie quote that came to me, which I think is probably one, probably the most famous movie quote, is May the Force Be With You. Uh... Star Wars. I know it's it's a bit cliche for us to say this but for it to be the first thing that i thought of must mean that it means the most to me does that make Mm -hmm. sense so we don't need to go through the backstory we know how great the movies (laughs) are we know how wonderful they are and the fact that um we that line has its own day now may the 4th indeed so you know it's it's it is in general culture now for sure everywhere Mm -hmm. I mean, even if you haven't seen the movie, I think you know that line. Hmm. What was that called? Sorry, Star Wars? No, I'm only joking. Star Wars. I've seen that one. <laughs> have you seen all of them, though, Alice? I, the only one I haven't seen is the the second one of the prequel trilogy, is that Attack of 
Attack, Attack of the, of the Clones. Clones yeah, yeah, that's the only one I haven't seen, but I've seen all the others. Okay. Have you seen like the Star Wars, like Han Solo Star Wars movie and Rogue One and stuff? I've seen like Rogue One, thought Rogue One was all right. Didn't see Solo. I, right. I, people, I think, have been, they've done like a 180 with Solo. I remember it coming out and people were like, oh, this is pretty shit. And then now, sort of in hindsight, people are like, oh, actually, that was pretty good. But I don't yeah. know if that's just because some of the stuff that maybe came after that was so bad <laughs> that like you go back and it's like, oh, Solo is actually pretty good compared well, to in, all that. Well, in lockdown, I watched Solo again. And I have to say, I enjoyed it a lot more the second time around than I did the first Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's a movie. I mean, like, it's not a great movie. No. It's a movie that people say that it didn't need to be made. You didn't mm-hmm. need to know the back story of Hans. No, but it's a good but romp it is a good romp it is a, i'd love to have known what the original movie would have been like because uh, um oh lord and miller wasn't it that it was originally, I mean, we saw them announce that the, we did uh, celebrations we that did, they were directing absolutely. it yeah but apparently again they said it was too comedy centrified they actually said they mentioned Ace Ventura when they said that. They said that was going to be like the blueprint for it. And I thought, I'm never going to have to walk out of a Star Wars movie, surely. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's a weird way to take it, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they were saying, I think it was going to go be, it was, it was going to be very, um, um, oh, Christ, what's the word when you make it up? Improv. It was going to be very mm-hmm. improv based. And I think that's when they started, started, said that that, that, that old Nerenreich would have to go and have acting lessons because he wasn't, he, he didn't, hadn't done improv before. And then all of a sudden it was coming up saying, oh, old Naren Reich isn't good because he needs acting lessons. Well, that wasn't what it was for. It was apparently to to get used to doing stuff off the cuff as opposed to just mm. reading the lines and doing mm. the lines. But but yeah, I, yeah. Hard, I think. Because I imagine that when you're watching that, all you're thinking about is Harrison Ford. And you're just yeah, like, oh, I wish I was problem. just watching Harrison yeah. Ford do it. Because he is so brilliant at that character. Like it almost feels like, what? How dare you? How yeah. dare you? How dare yeah. you try and sort of relive that magic? When but it's then, just if you go on YouTube, happen. you can see the deep fake version of it with Harrison Ford's face on it, and that's really good. Interesting. Okay, it's really good. They've taken, <laughs> they've they've done the deep fake of his face wow. on old uh, old Nerenreich's face in some of the scenes, and it looks brilliant. It looks really does really it? Good. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's really good. Um, okay, so that's your right. Now, my number one is is very wordy, so please bear with me on this one, okay? <clears throat> well, I believe in the soul, the cock, the pussy, the small of a woman's back, the hanging curveball, high fibre, good scotch, that the novels of Susan Sontag are self-indulgent, overrated crap. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. I believe in the sweet spot, softcore pornography, opening your presents Christmas morning rather than Christmas Eve, and I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last three days. That's my number one movie quote. Schindler's List. <laughs> no, it's not no I know what it was. It was Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Yes. Kevin Costner as Crash Davis, the uh, <coughs> the baseball veteran. Um have you never seen this one, Alice? No, not even heard of that. What did you have say? You not- Bull Durham. Bull Durham. B U double L. Yeah, it's uh it's Bull. the name it's yeah, so Durham Bulls is the name of the baseball team that Kevin Costner gets drafted into. He's a veteran playing for the I think the AAA league, which I think is the league next to the 
the the big show as they call it and he's basically there he's the catcher and he's there to be the nanny for the new hotshot uh, they call pitcher tim robbins yeah and susan sarandon is the oh, i don't know how can you politely say it she's the woman that will look after whoever's going to be the star for the season and basically be his shag for the season if you like uh, so um, he can concentrate right exactly yeah, exactly sense. and um and that they go they have a little, bit of a double date where susan sarandon is not going to choose whether she's going to choose crash davis which is the veteran or ebby calvin lelouch which is the name of um tim robbins and basically kevin costa says look i don't try out i'm i'm too old for this and she goes oh what do you believe and then he goes through all the things that he mm. believes and as he says the last bit you know soft deep, deep wet kisses that last three days he turns and says good night and turns away and she just goes oh my and then sort of <laughs> ch- chases him because she's sort of knows <laughs> well, she's just oh my well that's what she does she goes oh my and then as he walks out he sort of sm- gives himself a little smile but he's so cool in that movie he really is and he's very well acted very well acted very well brilliantly done and then then it's all about whatever a sportsman needs to have some kind of uh good luck that's what it's all about and all of a sudden um tim robbins character goes on this amazing winning streak but by not having sex so and and kevin costner saying well that's it that's the reason if it means you've got to wear women's underwear to keep you from winning, you're always going to win, then you wear women's underwear. You do whatever you need to do to keep that that stretch going. And it's really, it's a really great film. Funny. Um, and like I say, Kevin Costner's never been as cool, I think, in a movie than that. And it's it's a great movie. Put it on your list, Alice. I would definitely. Oh, oh definitely. okay. Just shut the iPad down. Yeah. All right. Oh. <laughs> Bull, 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 Bull Durham. Durham. Bull Durham. Oh, I got a lot Bull. of homework to do, me. Yeah, hey, this has been good. This has been an Raiders education. Raiders lost first. Well, maybe Raiders Bratz, lost Ark. because that's and only then, twenty minutes. Yeah, well, that's definitely yeah. first on my list. Bit of Laurel and Hardy, and then I'll make my way through the others. Yeah. And then Field of Dreams, obviously, and then Field of Dreams. I'm def. I am going. I'm going to pick that for the podcast. I've decided okay. I'll put that as one of my classic choices for sure. Excellent. Let's go through a few of these honourable mentions. Uh, Stu Grant said, uh, good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun, Army of Darkness. Uh, And he also said, there's a passage that I got memorised, seems appropriate for this situation. Ezekiel 25, 17. I'm not going to go through it all because I've already done it. Path of the Righteous Man is beset on all sides by the... Uh, Thank you very much, Stu. Uh, At Modern Escapism said, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. That's they live. Uh, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown from uh, Chinatown. <laughs> uh, what is it you want, Mary? What is it you want, Mary? Oh. <laughs> what do you want? You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hello, movie house. Uh, Hello, funny. old building and loan. It's, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful life, life. Alice. Yes. You're really confused there. No, no, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen that one. I'm with you. I'm with you there. You <laughs> as soon as I did the impersonation, you knew what it was, didn't you? Alice? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. That's um, uh, Night of the Living Dead, isn't it? It's Dawn of the Dead. Is it Dawn of the Dead? Is yes. It? Well, uh, well, at FTLOL podcast is do or do not. There is no try. What's that from? I forget. Mm. Well, I don't know. Uh, that was apparently Stryker said that. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Kit Torpin said there are so many in Casablanca but while it's not one of the big ones this one sets a perfect picture of Rick's memory and it is almost chilling it's not an easy day to forget I remember every detail the Germans wore grey you wore blue dun 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 Larry Sala said there are so many but one of my all time favourites is from The Devil Wears Prada I'm just one stomach flew away from my goal weight classic line from Emily Blunt (laughs) very good uh, Jeff Flores is back off man. I'm a scientist, which is uh, Ghostbusters. At Chatty Geek HD, hey you guys. <laughs> um, and uh, I know Kung Fu, and also considering there is no spoon, or maybe it's a trap. Another Star Wars one. Um, uh, at Joshy McSquashy, I don't know who that is. Uh, <laughs> ever dance with a, some weirdos? Dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. From Batman '89, I thought um, the better one out of Batman '89 was "Never Rub Another Man's Rhubarb." <laughs> that was yeah, that's one. Yeah, <laughs> um, and another couple of quotes he's got, but from looks like the production crew is we probably shouldn't make another one of these. It wouldn't be very good, and that's a fact. Is all involved in the production of Grease One was what he said and a cruise ship is just as good for action scenes as a city centre bus that can't slow down from the producers of Speed 2 sounds legit yeah that sounds legit that sounds legit Uh, at this one Samantha is talk to me goose and I feel the need the need for speed Top Gun you're going to need a bigger boat from Jaws Mm -hmm. that's not a knife Crocodile Mm -hmm. Dundee yo Adrian Rocky and are you not entertained from Gladiator uh, so thank you very much, everybody, yes, for thank you very all much. your honourable mentions. That's it, Alice. We've done it again. We it, have. We did it. There we go. Oh, always so it. much fun. The hardest thing is just trying to narrow it down to 10. Well, when are you going right. to do the top 20? Well, we'd have to change <laughs> all of our merch and everything. If <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, and when we get more more hours in the day to record it. I know, Indeed. yeah. Can you imagine Indeed. that? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, top to, to be honest, Alice, though, that for the, the hardest part for us is having to say goodbye to you. Oh, well, I'm never too far away, lads. Just a Zoom call away. Indeed. Uh, Before we do actually say our official goodbyes, Neil, do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch and all that gubbins? Of course I can. Striker, 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 striker. (laughs) You can find us on all the social medias at Top 10 Pods. Uh, Give us a click, give us a like, give us a follow, whatever it is you do on these things. Email us at top10pods at hotmail.com. Come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods. All sorts of rewards you can get, including being a guest yourself. What good is is that? Uh, Check out all of our links via the link tree. You can find the link in the show notes below. And then please do come, subscribe, leave us a review, rating, wherever you get your podcasts from. Come join the fun. Indeed. Alice, thank you so much for joining us once again. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always so much fun and absolute pleasure. I, I was buzzing when you sent me the message. And then when we picked that topic as well, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be sick. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you both so much. It was Excellent. good. It was we, brilliant. Will, we, we, we will see you again. We will definitely yes. see you again. Yes. I await with bated breath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Neil. Oh, thank you, Pat. Thank you very much, Alice. It's been awesome. Yes, thank you once again, Alice. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching and listening. And let's go start the countdown.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.